All right. So if you were here with us last week, you know that we are studying Kanye West. Was somebody here last week? Is anybody new? New. Congratulations. Did you know what you were coming for? I was interested in the topic. Okay. Well, we're studying Kanye West. May have mixed feelings about that. May not. Um, certainly, a lot of people have a lot of strong feelings about Kanye. Uh, we'll start with ask. Does anybody get the email? Yes. Yes. Were you able to listen to any of the stuff this week? Yes. Okay. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I actually had some of that already on. Awesome. Oh, no. I, I like Kanye's music. I just don't like Kanye's music. That's fair. That's fair. Well, this week, what we sent out was, oh, hey, my computer decided to sleep. That's fun. This week, we uh, decided that we were going to look at his album, uh, Graduation, and uh, Late Registration. So the first song we're going to listen to is... Uh, called Heard Him Say, and it's off of Late Registration, which is his second album, uh, piggybacking <coughs> off of College Dropout. Um, so this is kind of early on in Kanye's career. This is where he's a little bit more of a lyricist and less more of a productionist. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more scaled back, less show than what we get in his later albums. And he's a little bit more tame at this point. He's not super tame. Um, this was around the time he came out and said George Bush doesn't like black people, so... We're starting to see Kanye get a little bit more controversial. Um, but let's try with this song to just kind of leave that behind and just see what the lyrics are and uh, how it affects us. Also, Adam Levine is in this song. And if you don't like Maroon 5, I'm sorry. There is the uh, album artwork. It's a teddy bear. It's nice. What's the name of the song? Uh, heard him say. Cigarettes now. His job try to claim that he too 
Kanye is trying to give in this song? Um, what stood out to me was Kanye money is the key, so keep on dreaming. And put those lottery tickets just to tease us. And I, I think he's saying that the American dream seems to be so reachable, but actually the odds are so far against him. Yeah. <coughs> So last week we talked about how Kanye West can be kind of a lightning rod for uh, things that he feels he's is going on in his neighborhood. Specifically, he is he's from Chicago, and so he talks a lot about Chi Town or uh, where he grew up. And he talks about all the problems that are in that city and how many people passed away, all the struggles that it's facing um, economically, uh, but specifically within the African American community. Uh, and this song shows a 
lot of that. How do you see kind of Kanye's frustrations with what's going on in the world? in the first line he throws out right before you ask me to go get a job today can I at least get a wage to get a raise to minimum wage um, and then he pairs that immediately <coughs> kind of what Alexa was saying that there's this tension right between we're being told that there's this American dream but it's all kind of a lie to us but it can't be far because we see it on the screens you know How do you see how do you see God's relationship with Kanye or Kanye's relationship with God in song? There's no wrong answers here too, except for if you give me a wrong answer, I'll tell you it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it feels kind of like you know in the songs where they're like, well how long must we wait? And yeah. 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 Famous song. From our psalm from David, how long, O oh Lord, will you hide your face from me? There's also the message of God never promised it was going to be easy. Seems to be far away. He's he's in the heavenly places, but not here on earth. So mm -hmm. this, this place he's living does not have God. Mm -hmm. have death, have mm -hmm. The devil seems to be alive and well, but Jesus is far away. Yeah. The thing I think about this is it's hard to think like what what he thinks because so many things here like. Well, I heard, you know, the song. I heard them say, yeah. and then, you know, Graham keeps praying, and they say people in your life are, are seasons, and it's like, you know, here's the stuff I'm hearing, but I don't, I don't know if you really see, like, what he really believes. Yeah. Hmm. <coughs> it seems like he has this influence growing up, like I would imagine his grandmother has like a painting of praying hands on her kitchen wall or something. Yeah. And so it's been like this influence throughout his life, but um but he doesn't really know how to apply it in his in his current life. Yeah. Well it's 
maybe the song is a representation of his struggle between the relationship with God that he's been taught from his grandmother and his mother growing up and what people have been telling him success looks like and how to get it and how that success isn't adding up for it. Isn't it a little bit ironic that he can portray the things that he was talking against here? He's the most materialistic person yes. on earth right now. You know? I, I feel better about this if it had come from somebody who's a yeah. struggling musician, not somebody who is already projecting the image of a flash and bling and all that stuff. You know, so early in his career, mm-hmm. he evolved, you know, over the last 20 years to, or 15 years to, you know, something totally different than what he's singing out here. Now, it is, going to contextualize, it is uh, <coughs> prudent to acknowledge that during this album, so th- this is part of the struggle, right, as we see Kanye as he is now, and we see Kanye as the successful platinum artist that he's become. But this album is not platinum. This was one of his earlier ones where he was just trying to get name recognition. I mean, he did have enough recognition to have an album being Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, even so, like, I think it still is important that, like, this genre initially was starting to give a voice to people who didn't have a voice, and he might be able to speak into something that, like, I'm not going to understand. And so he might actually be materialistic, and he might actually be famous, but like, he can speak into this, like, struggle that, like, somebody in Chicago can relate to. Yeah. It's going to be social commentary, not on his life, but on the life of his cousins and his friends who grew up with those kind of things. So even though he's moved out, they have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is easier to see people like Chance who like give millions back mm-hmm. to like elementary schools and stuff in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to like hear them and like <coughs> recognize that as more authentic than it's true. Kanye actually does donate a lot of money. He's just, it's not good to his image to necessarily express all that all the time. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, but who really knows the mind of Kanye at the end of the day? Uh, but that is a good segue into our next song. So Kanye's next album was uh, called Graduation. And this was by far the album that kind of changed him into this. This was the album that went platinum for him. And this is the, if you're familiar with it all, this is the one where he got into an argument with 50 Cent. And... Uh, they got an argument into who would sell more albums, and then this one just blew it out of the water. Um, well, if this works for me, here we go. So there's the artwork for it. Still got the bear theme going on. I think he got rid of that after this. But it came out in 2007. And uh, I know in the email I said we were going to do uh, Stronger with Daft Punk, but I changed my mind. And uh, I can do that because I'm teaching, so it's fine. Uh, and I've decided we are going to do um, Can't Tell Me Nothing, uh, which I think, if you want to pull it up on your phone, it's, it's got a lot of kind of, we see the struggle that Kanye has with his materialism, 
and uh, with the success that he's been given and at the same time with the relationship with his mom and uh, I think it's got a lot of deep theological themes in it so let's, uh, let's listen to that Okay. 
And just for viewing pleasure, there's a picture of Kanye with Daft Punk. <laughs> just because I thought it was a cool photo. <laughs> so, yeah, what did we see in that song? A lot, definitely a lot more uh, discussion about God in that one, for sure. He definitely gets more biblical in this song. I think one of my favorite lines from it is, I've always loved this, if the devil wear a Prada, Adam and Eve wear nada, I'm in between but way more fresher. <clears throat> Do you see how Kanye maybe argues back and forth more about his relationship with God? To be fair, we've got a president who literally built a toilet in a sink out of gold. So it's not like we, there is this kind of inherent cultural racism where we're fine with a lot of black people living like this. We're not fine with Kanye living like this. I mean, if you look down the inside, Donald Trump has said just as many ridiculous things as Kanye has. <laughs> 
No, I mean, it's, that's the thing. It's like both of them are kind of similar in that way, right? So it was, it was ironic when they got together because it was almost like these two sounding boards were like perceived uh, <coughs> no, perceived is not correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just they both kind of represent this uh, different groups of people that both feel very uh, unjustified in many ways. But Kanye, in this song, I think Kanye does show a lot of vulnerability, right? So he, ha he has this back and forth in faith, where he's like, I, I think one of my favorite lines is, I know that Jesus died for us, but I couldn't tell you who the side was. Um, where we see this little bit of a back and forth between Kanye, and he knows that God exists, he knows that God's out there, but he's not so sure that God's omnipotent. He's not so sure that God's actually involved, because if God is involved, why would God let African Americans go through so many things that they have? It's a question worth asking. How else do you see God in this song, or Kanye struggle with that? I don't like talking, guys. You guys just like to talk. <laughs> That's not true. I love that. He's 
does. So I don't know how we like in the writing it, world, there's <laughs> kind of this like group in the room. Yeah. Sort of thing. It's like Taylor Swift writes all her songs, but Taylor Swift has fifteen famous country songwriters, or songwriters in the room with her, and she may throw out some suggestions, but somebody else is really writing. Um, Kanye writes a good bit of his stuff, but Kanye does have a lot of help from other stuff. And then, you know, there are some artists that come out and directly accuse him of stealing their songs that they have written. Um, this one was written by Kanye. So says, Chats is easier for us to swallow, right, as church people, because Chats comes out and he's all about God, and all about, uh, he, he's very public with his relationship with God, but, you know, I think maybe we did a disservice by not kind of uh, highlighting some of his other songs where Chats talks about his struggle with drugs and his struggle more raw than the songs we picked. Um, I mean, because one of Chats's role models is kind of. Chance loves Kanye, even though Kanye won't sign it. Um, <laughs> but Kanye is more of the raw, unfiltered version of what this movement looks like. Um, now, at the end of the day, uh, most of us, it's it's impossible to judge him for it, right? Because we've not lived his life. We've not walked in his shoes. We don't know what his struggles were. Most of us. Um, So there, they, there, there's a lot more complexity to the situation than just taking it at face value. As with any relationship, with any person, with any public figure, with any role model, with any artist, there's more than just what lies at the surface, what we can see. Um, and I think this song is a good representation of kind of more of the complexity of his life and of what he sees. Other thoughts? <coughs> Swear words in your music and stuff, and vulgar 
to what you're saying. So I grew up in a bit of a rough home. Um, I had an absent father, and when they were present, my parents, uh, you could say their forte was the four-letter word. They were very good at it. And so there's still times where even in church setting, I uh, slip up and almost say words that I shouldn't say, and then sometimes right afterwards almost say that word again in reaction to the word I shouldn't say. <laughs> Especially in S word. But what I see in, in this is he's looking at the worldly establishment, white white establishment, and trying to beat them with their game. Right? I mean he, he wants to come out on top and show them. Am I reading that wrong? I, I'm there. You got nothing to say to me. And I, I feel like he's missing what's real and what's what's of real value. I d I don't expect that musician necessarily to be an evangelist of what's real or what's true, but you know, he's, I just see him as, as saying, hey, take that. I'm there. You can't tell me nothing. You know? Right, exactly. He's saying power struggle. And it's the wrong, it's the wrong struggle. Well, I mean, he's yeah. missing what's real. But his goal was yeah. to get out of Chicago and uh, even set up a song and get the money. And now that he has it, Well, and I'm not trying to judge, but I'm just saying he, you know, he's chasing the wrong dream. Yeah. And, and he's he's got it, you know. Almost the world. Yeah. Twitter's him or Trump. And that's that's what uh, that's kind of what he's preaching to in this song, right? That the world told him that if he gets money, then everything's going to be okay. Like if he gets money, he's going to have this place of power, and everything's going to be healed. And then that's what the song is about. Like I've got money. I'm still struggling. You know, my mom told me not to do these things. I still do them. It's not fixed anything. I couldn't tell you if Jesus is real or not. It still doesn't make sense. You know, I believe in Jesus, but what's all this about war? You know, the, the old folks are saying, well, back in my day, well, I'm in my day. I'm not in their day. Yeah. It still doesn't make sense. Somebody about all this so stuff, well. and it still doesn't make sense. Exactly. Yeah. I, I hear all the vanity. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the part of the thing about Kanye, though, is you get exactly what Kanye gets. Is you don't you don't get veiled perceptions of Kanye. Kanye is going to tell you exactly what he thinks, and he's going to be exactly who he is. Um, and there's something nice about that, right? In a world that is constantly veiled and 
wise it is. And maybe the church could take a lesson from that. I'm not sure we want the preacher being back every Sunday and saying exactly what he's thinking. Especially ours, but um, Like I said last week, though, uh, Kanye is a sounding board. And uh, whether or not some of us want to admit it, uh, there is a deep injustice and inequality amongst, uh, between people of Caucasian descent and African Americans. And Kanye recognizes that, and Kanye brings it up, and that makes a lot of us uncomfortable. Because that forces us to kind of deal with this thing that we don't want to deal with necessarily. And it's not like, He's not a distant memory. He's not like cleaned up and dressed nice and a good Baptist preacher like Dr. King was. He's a kid who was raised by a single mom off the streets of Chicago who became a hip-hop artist who speaks exactly what he thinks despite whatever words comes up and he forces us to take a look into our lives and say, what is actually going on in our system? That's not fun. It's not fun for anybody. And sometimes I think Kanye feels like he has to be who he is, otherwise no one will listen to him. <clears throat> like I said last week, when he, people clean themselves up and when people do it through the traditional channels, most of the time they don't get listened to. Yeah. I feel like he does go, he jumps the shark sometimes though. That. I, I totally agree with what you're saying, like he exposes a lot of stuff. Then there's one line about... Any other thoughts? Don't hold back. You guys have been really subtle. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it's good that he's making us this uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I said, it's good that somebody's speaking his mind. It's refreshing. But, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, even at the time, like, I don't know, you compared him with, like, Dr. King and how he was a good Baptist preacher, but at the time, Dr. King made people uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> um, like we see him now, like everybody's like, oh yeah, I love him. But like back in his day, he was hated. I think if there was a poll conducted when he was still alive, and he was like the most hated man in the nation. Jesus had a way of doing that too. Yeah. <laughs> He's known for it. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, I think Dr. King himself said something like, uh, "Silence is not equivalent to peace," or maybe peace is not equivalent to silence or something. But like it's. 
who's correct on all fronts or like even though he's controversial, like we're talking about it. Yeah. And that's kind of the first step, I think, to redeeming it. It's funny, I was talking to a friend this week about the subject and they were saying, kind of making the comparison, I told them how we did Chance the Rapper and then we were moving to Kanye. And he said, uh, you know what it kind of seems like? It seems like Chance is Dr. King and Kanye is Malcolm X. And the thing is, is that both are necessary. And uh, we like to, at least in the white community, honor one, put him on a pedestal, and the other one we've made into an extremist and a terrorist and this terrible person. When in reality, maybe we're just not comfortable with the message that he brings. I don't know though. I mean, I like your point. It is, we do need to be uncomfortable. Any other thoughts? Uncomfortable to what end, though? I, I just... Yeah, Jesus would have said until he died. <laughs> <laughs> but what what lines are we crossing to get to the uncomfortableness? I mean, I we need to be uncomfortable things. I totally get that. Um, how far do we like? I just feel like he's taking it so far, and it becomes you know we're supposed to be pointing not to ourselves, but to God. All things are supposed to bring Him glory. And in, in, in our walk, we're supposed to bring Him glory or whatever. We're supposed to be striving for what is pure and what is good. And, and there are a lot of uncomfortable things, but He just takes I just hip hop music in general, and I know it's where they're coming from, but and we're taking things so far and we, I don't want to put the music that talks about a lot of this, a lot of things inappropriately. I don't let my kids listen to this. Right? No. It's not... Wait, so it's the, like, Kanye is not professing to be very friendly. Like, this is not Christian music. This is popular hip-hop music that just happens to have some Christianity in the world. And that's one of the classes to see how Christianity is woven into the second. Like, he's not confused with it, you know? And I think you have to think of it as, like, we're not listening, we are listening to the message today, but this is not you know, way of that music. You know, it, this is something to sell records, to sound good, it comes out of his creative creative process or and it has some Jesus in it and but this is not this is not soul so the, this class that we're in we are here to try to find ways of looking for God in secular world right mm-hmm. how far do we take that do we sit around and listen to hip hop music all day because we're trying to find God in it you know what I'm saying like do we let our children yeah. listen to hip hop music because I, I think we want them to be exposed to Mm-hmm. And uncomfortable? I, I think what Kanye would say is, as far as the uncomfort is, his primary concern is the hundreds of African American children that die every year in the streets of Chicago. And he 
doesn't really care how comfortable we are as long as that's still happening. And I think he's just trying to bring that up with us and he's going to do whatever it takes until we realize that that's a problem and we've got to do something about it. Um, well, I mean, I don't really care what Kanye thinks about how I should live my life. What I'm here and what I want to live for, or, you know, whatever is, how do I integrate, how do I become part of the secular world while still holding on or living? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You were going to say something? Thought you had your hand up and, and it is getting in and getting dirty and being with those people and you know that need us and, and we need them and becoming you know integrated <coughs> into a different world but there was a comment that um, I'm sorry no I just I can't sit around and listen to this music all day <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone's asking you to and I th there was a comment that stuck out to me last week by a woman. Um, I don't know her name, but she said that she she kind of had a, just like a lot of us had a judgmental um, tone about her when she was talking about Kanye and his music. And she said, despite the way his music makes me feel, I know that he's reached so many more people than, than I ever did. And that just kind of stuck out to me. I thought, even though she didn't like a lot of what he was saying, she knew that he was reaching the people in a positive way that she knew that she could never. I mean, you don't want people in power to abuse their, their power, but I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I think that mm -hmm. I just think we have to be very careful of false teachers. And we need to be led by people who are being led by God and by the Holy Spirit. And yes, Kanye West has brought whatever to you know, awareness to you know, whatever. We need to be aware of the, what are we following? Maybe, and maybe where this intersects is that you hear what Kanye is saying and you decide, okay, I'm going to go into these areas. I'm going to go in and I'm going to listen to what they have to say and I'm going to seek ways mm -hmm. to be Jesus in a community. Um, maybe, you know, I don't think necessarily it means listening to Kanye. No, I was I was exaggerating. Yeah. No, but, but it just at all. I um I don't I don't know if when they're talking about Kanye reaching so many people. Is the question maybe not not the fact that he's not reaching people, but don't we wish it was somebody else doing it differently? Maybe. And I, I think the reason that I like this class and I was excited to come to this class a while ago is I had a roommate after college. He was a youth minister. He decided to stop being a youth minister. He went and worked at a children's home, um, started smoking a whole lot of pot, and would he stopped going to church, and I'd come home from Potter Creek on Sunday and say, what are we doing? He's like, listening to a preacher. I was like, oh, who's that? He's like, I've been listening to Tupac. And he would 
would sit me down and say, Tupac is more Jesus than your church and like all this stuff. And I, I could never reconcile that. And so for me, I want to know, I need to, to hear people's opinions on this to say, why, why is it that somebody like Tupac could touch this guy? And even though he did, I mean, he went off and he had strippers come into our apartment to clean it uh, in exchange for pot. And I mean, I had to move out. It was, but like that was, you know, Tupac was his spiritual advisor. And I could not wrap my head around that with all the other things he was saying in his music, you know, so. That's I what I want to I don't think that woman was meaning that he was reaching out to people evangelically. I don't think she meant that, but but the, the social, I mean, his music has this overall tone of social justice. And I think that is such a huge, uh, I mean, that was one of, you know, in Jesus, that was one of his main teachings was love your neighbor and equality. And I, and I think that she meant, in that comment, I think she meant that he's reaching people through that way, which is um, such a huge thing. Social justice and justice are separate. I, mean, I think God can use people for lots of different ways. Um, but again, are we following him toward... Um, That's why we're here to talk about that. <laughs> Tupac does make a lot of spiritual references, and, and when you were saying that one song stuck out to me, it's called Blasphemy, but the way the song plays, you can read Acts, and it almost follows. Really? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I wonder if those strippers knew that. <laughs> That's really embarrassing when your aunt wants to walk into your apartment when you're at home. And That's a whole other story. <laughs> Be like, that's Sister Martha. Stay at home. Just wash my feet. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, thanks for being here, guys. And next week, more Kanye? More Kanye.